Hallelujah. I think we're going to be singing that song again tonight. Hallelujah. That was awesome. Confidence. I had a message prepared, all prepared. I've been working on it since Pastor asked me to fill in for him tonight, which I'm so honored to do. Thank you guys so much. It's so beautiful. So, the presence of God is so tangible, right? It's like, and he says, in my presence is fullness of joy. So if you need your joy restored, just sit here and just bask in his presence for just a little while. Anyway, so I had this message. I've got pages. I've got notes. I've got all these things. And I was uh, had Easton today, and we were having so much fun. I think my bottle's leaking. I'm going to put that down there. So Easton and I were out. We've been digging in the dirt and throwing rocks and picking up rocks and just doing fun boy stuff. And I've been kind of in just the back of my mind, just, you know, muttering about, you know, what the Lord had for us tonight. And while I was, we were outside and it was a little bit drizzly, the Lord says, I want you to talk about confidence tonight. Okay. Like totally changed everything, the direction of everything. And so I'm probably not going to be a teacher right now. I'm probably just going to exhort you and encourage you about having confidence in our Father, having confidence in His promises. And then I get in here, and she's practicing there. She and Judy are practicing this song, and it's like, oh my God, you're so awesome. Oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh, I'm just overwhelmed. I am so, God has been so faithful. Hasn't he been so faithful to you? And we can just rest in his promises. And when I think about, and David, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, my God, I thought about you today. Do you remember you were sitting right? Do you remember when I preached that message about, uh, about Mount Zion and those who trust in, in Mount Zion, you know, that they will not be moved? And it was just like, the, I know that it was like you were glowing in that, at that message. I know it's, it's probably been 10 years ago or 12 years ago, but I mean, it just lit a fire on the inside of you about the confidence of being like a mountain and not being moved. And that's what I want to encourage all of us about today, because we all have mountains that we want to move, right? But we have a mountain that we can run to that will never be moved. He's never budging. God is faithful. He cannot be faithless. He cannot deny himself. He is faithful. We are faithless, but he will never be faithless. He is always faithful. And what, what I felt like the Lord showed me back there was that we are created in his image. We are like him. He is not like us. He created us to be like him. Therefore, he is faithful we have the capacity to be faithful. We have a capacity to walk in the faithfulness of God because of his promises. But if you don't have his promises on the inside of you, faithfulness is not going to be a part of your life. You have to have the promises. And so the first person, of course, I thought about was Joshua. And many of you should know Joshua 1.8. And if you haven't memorized it, look it up in your Bible right now, underline it, and please memorize at least Joshua 1, 7, 8, and 9. Let's start in verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. So this is Moses. Uh, this is God talking to Joshua after Moses has passed. Okay, let's go to verse 5. Sorry. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. This is 
This is God's promise to Joshua. This is the word of the Lord to Joshua. I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that promise for you? Are you sure? Are you sure it's not just for Joshua? What, excuse me? Is there a hesitation about it? Okay, let's go to verse. Be strong and of good courage. For this, to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Do you think that this, like, duplication of the same word over and over, do you think that Joshua might need a little courage? Do you think he might have needed a little strength looking at a million plus people that he was going to be leading into a promised land? Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So when I was reading this, the Lord says, just change that word law because that kind of messes people up. This is so awesome. Like when we had the song up there. So the Lord says, read it to like this. This book of promises... This book of promises shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That you may, and this is what he said, that you may do according to all the promises. That's what's been given to us. Every great and precious promise of his word has been given to us. He says, only be strong and of good courage. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Well, how many of you want to prosper and have good success? Amen. How does it come? It comes by knowing his promises, knowing that he is for you. He is not against you. He is always on your side. God's never turning his back on you ever, not one time. His eye is on you. His promises are for you. Our job is to get into agreement with him to get into step with him, to follow with him. We're created in his image. He, he got with Jesus and Holy Spirit and said, let us create. And now what does he say? If any two agree is touching anything, what does he say? You're just like me. You're just like me. Let's create something together, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit got together. So the and it says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, he is right there in the midst. And then Fran brought this up at God's Girls the other day. She came up to me and she said, you know, when the guys were walking on Emmaus, if you're reading uh, the plan, you'll know that the walk to Emmaus, you know, they, they were two of them were walking along. And who were they talking about? Jesus. And who showed up? Did they recognize him? And sometimes Jesus is in our midst and we don't even recognize him. Like, we'll be talking to our friend, and we'll be just be talking about Jesus and talking about, oh, my gosh, look at this revelation that I got, and, and talking about different things. And all of a sudden, you'll be getting a revelation, and you'll be getting some illumination. And guess who's in, the, in your presence? Jesus is right there. If you read it, Malachi, I'm going to be all over the place, you guys. I'm just going with the Holy Ghost. I don't have any clue what's going to happen. Uh, Malachi 3.16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. <laughs> I just love that. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditate on his name. So do you think that God loves it when we get together and we share? We're talking about him. We're sharing about what's going on. We're sharing our, our 
sorrows, we're sharing our praise, we're sharing all these things, but in the end, when we can say, he's right here in the midst, and let's go ahead and put that in his hands, because he's big enough to take care of that. We trust him. We have promises for him. There is a promise for every single thing you could possibly be walking through. And all of his promises are yes and amen. If it was for Joshua, it is for you. It was for Jesus, it's for you. You've been delivered from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. Translated. Like pastor's been talking about. Like there's a chasm that you can't even, you can't even get back into it. You're walking in, on different land. You're walking on different ground. And he is here. He promises, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm with you all the time. Jesus is right there with everything that you're doing. He, it's like he has his hand on your hand. When you're working on your stuff and doing all that kind of stuff, he's on you. He's, he's got his hand on you. He's giving you wisdom and revelation about what you're doing. He's going to put supernatural things on the inside of you that say, hey, try this. Hey, do this. A great example is, uh, so we have, in our business, we have three generations. So we got Pop. We got, so that's Dwayne's dad. Then we got Dwayne. He's called Hefe. And then we got Michael. And so Pop has a certain way that he's done things. He's, he's been welding for, uh, I don't know, 50 years. My husband's been doing it for 30 plus years. And Michael's coming along and been doing it for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years? Okay. Everyone has a different way. But everyone's way is the right way. But what, what my husband has figured out and what he's understood is that inspiration can come to make things easier. Inspiration can come to make things more fun and make life easier. Amen? So sometimes when you have the 50 the one who's been doing it for 50 years, and you have the one who's been doing it for 15 years, and 15 years is saying, look how easy this is. And he's like, but we did it this way. We've always done it this way. We've always done it. This is the way it works. You know, it's like, and I, we understand it. It's, it's respect out of his reputation and the reputation that we hold for this lineage of business. But my son, who's you know, been doing, he's like, dad, I'm just saying, this is a lot easier, and this is the tool we can use to do it, and Dwayne's like, go for it, just do it, you know, and then Pop looks at it and says, oh, well, 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 you got that done in like three times the time, and, and Michael's like, yeah, how about that, we saved, you know, we saved 45 minutes doing it this other way, so anyway, it's just been a lot of fun doing that, but my point is, my point in that is that when we're inspired by something, we should go with it. If it's something that's going to add to someone's life, we should go with it. If it's something that's going to enhance somebody, we should go with it. Because most likely, it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you saying, hey, wake up. Like I'm just out walking with Easton, and it's kind of misting, and all of a sudden I hear confidence. Talk about confidence. So the next person I think about with confidence is Abraham. Bless his heart. Right? I mean, my gosh. He has no children. He gets visited. And what happens? God says, God gives him a promise. 
I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And Abraham's like, you're right. <laughs> okay, sure. How's that going to happen? It says he did not stagger at the promises of God in unbelief. Abraham did not stagger. He couldn't figure it out. I mean, physically figure it out. Like, how am earth are you going to do this? But he says, so what does God do? He says to Abraham, he uses his words, he uses the promise. He says, go outside, take a look at the stars. I said, let light be, and it's still being, right? Isn't that a great revelation that we know that God is still creating light out there? So he, Abra so he takes Abraham out and says, hey, go out and look at the stars. Abraham goes out and he's like, see all those stars? I'm going to make your kids like that. And Abraham's like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure that out. I don't know how it's going to happen. Staggering withdraw means to withdraw, to separate, or hesitate, to doubt, or to waver. He gave glory to God being fully persuaded. How many of you have had something less than that? Like God will give you a promise in something, and then you have been, you have, you have wavered. You've doubted it. And when Abraham's looking at this promise that he's going to have children like the stars in the sky and like the sand on the sea, he, it said he didn't waver. God painted a picture for him. And that's what God wants us to do. And I talked about this a little bit at God's Girls, and I'm not going to do that today, but the Lord showed me a picture of a canvas, a blank canvas, and he said, if you, could, if you could paint, if you could only paint the picture of your life on the canvas with your tongue, what would it look like? What would your life look like? Because that's what we do every single day. Our lives are a reflection of our words. They are. First of all, it starts with a thought. But God wanted Abraham to have a picture. And so God wants you to have a picture. How do, we, how do we find the picture? Well, it's in his promises. He said, I want to give you the desires of your heart. When I think about that, he's like, I'm going to give you, here's your desires, CW. I'm giving you the desires. So the things that you're desiring on your, in your heart, God gave those to you. God gave you those desires. So he wants, he says, delight yourself in me, and I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And so you can know that the desires that you have, especially if they're attached to the promises of God, that he wants you to have them. He, but what happens is, is that we stagger. We stagger back and we're like, okay, wait. And when I think about the children of Israel, how many times did they stagger at the promises of God? He's like, oh, you're going to go in. You're going to possess this land. I'm gonna, we're going to take down all the giants. And they're like, oh, but we're like grasshoppers. How many of you feel, sometimes you feel small? You know, we can't point our finger at them because we, we're human like they are. And when we look at the giants that we have to face, they may not be physical giants, but they're giants that we have to face. And if we look at the giants, then the promises look small. But if we look at the promise, then the giants will be defeated. Because you know why? It's not you doing it. He said, I'm going to go before you, and I'm going to defeat those giants. But they couldn't, they couldn't see it. They couldn't, they couldn't focus on the promise. They staggered at the promises of God. And therefore, they walked in the desert for 40 years. 
But God was still faithful to them. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had food. They had water. They had a supernatural rock that followed them around. Oh, my gosh. So finally, he waited for all the ones that staggered to be dead. And then he's like, okay, children, all the promises that I gave your parents are yours now. And they're yes and amen. And you're going to go in. And you're going to possess it. And guess who the first one was that was ready to go in? Joshua. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, yes, we are well able. We're going to do it because they knew their God. But what we do, and this is what I do, is we, we focus on the problem and not the promise. So the problem becomes big. It causes us anxiety and we cause stress and we get all freaked out and we, our blood pressure goes out of control and we can't breathe. Anxiety attacks because we're focused on the promise. So what we need to find a way to do is find the promise, or actually I said we focus on the problem. We need to focus on the promise, and God say, ask the Lord, say, show me the promise that you have for me regarding this giant or this mountain or whatever it is. And then when he paints the picture for you, he's going to show you what it looks like, and then you have to say it. You have to paint it on the canvas. And it's like I see this what is it called? The things where it's a great big thing that you paint on it? A mural. So this is what I see. I see like this blank canvas all the way across. And then all of a sudden, as you start speaking out the promises, it all just starts coming to pass. Like it becomes, it comes the picture. And the more you focus on the picture, the more real it becomes to you, the more real it becomes in reality. I just realized that we have to know what God's word says about us and about our life and about our future and about our children, about our finances. We, we need to know. And I'm realizing that we have this whole new group of people who've come into our church, not you guys, but they don't know how to pray the word. They don't know how to stand on the promises. They, don't, they, they read it, but... We're not sure about what to do with it. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm doing the plan, but I'm not sure what, what do I do when, after I read it. But the promises are in there. And what it looks like, they're in there for what, how God wants us to be. So I'm going to start teaching Praying the Word with, with pastor's books. So if any of you have the Praying the Word books, we gave them all away. So I need you to dig through your bookshelves, and if you can find your Praying the Word books, please bring them. And I want, if you're going to come to Sunday school, it's going to be Sunday school. And I want you to have your real Bible. Like, I just think it's so important to have something you can, I just think it's important to be able to flip through it and feel of it and read it and underline and go back. It's a textbook. It's a promise book. It's exactly what we have need of. This is one of my favorite ones about creating. It, these scriptures, basically, they create confidence instead of really talking about confidence. But it's one of my favorite ones is Isaiah 41.10. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I just see, I just see God. I don't know if you guys were here at the time when I was like, 
uh, Chad can hold up Easton, you know, he weighs like 30 pounds, but Chad's, you know, six, seven, he's got a hand, there are two of mine, and he just holds Easton up like this, and he's sitting on his hand, and he's just holding him like this. And that's how we are with God. He upholds us like this, and he's like, yeah, no problem, I got you. I got you, I got you above your enemies, I got you above all your problems, I got you. If you can picture yourself and the confidence of knowing that that's how much God loves you, that that's how amazingly, I mean, you think, you know, somebody holding you up like that, but it's our God. He's got you. He says, I've got you right in the palm of, palm of my hand. You're right in the palm of his hand, like right there. So when Chad holds up Easton, his hiney is right in his whole hand, right? But for you, in God's hand, you just, just that little dot right there. You're right there in the tiny center of God's hand. That's how big he is. And he's got you. Uh, la, 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 la. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. That was one of my favorite ones. That's Psalms 128.8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Well, actually, that's why I say. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your own hands. I mean, there's so many. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. That is um, Proverbs 3.26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Isn't that a great picture? Like you're going along and you're like, God, you're my confidence. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be. You remember the one with the traps, Robert, where Dwayne had the traps all set up on the floor. Dwayne had all these little coon traps all set up on the floor and he blindfolded Robert Jones and he was going to walk him through it. Blindfolded. Right? You'll never forget that. Barefooted. God will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. And I think there, there's an amplified says in a trap or hidden danger. God's got you. He's got you. He's got you behind. He's got you before. He says, goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. I mean, if you memorize Psalms 23, I mean, my gosh, he's, pre he's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That's mean that every, every provision you have need of is right here, and your enemies are over there yakking their, their mouths off at you, trying to get you distracted. Come on, look over here. Come on. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba and he's like, no, no, come on. Come sit right here. Come sit right here. I'm prepared a table for you. I've got all the provision you need. I've got all the nourishment you need. I am your God. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble. At them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. God is so amazing. Okay, so confidence just means all outspokenness, assurance, frankness, boldness. That's what confidence looks like. When we go out into the world, people need to, we need to look different than the world. We need to have that all outspokenness assurance that we, you got this because you know who's got you. I got, you know, we got this. It's having confidence, even though you may be walking through the fire to know that you're going to, that you're going to walk through it and not smell like smoke. One of the things that, uh, Dr. David Cook talks about in his book, it's this phrase called see it, feel it, trust it, SFT. That's what he's kind of known for. That's what golfing guys, they put that on their golf ball because you see it, 
you see the shot you want, you feel it happening, and then you trust it. But it's also see him, feel him, and trust him because he turns it all around into this spiritual thing. So I, don't, I can't even, I, what's going on inside of me right this minute, what I want you to understand is when you close your eyes, can you see what the end result looks like? You may be going through a difficult situation, but if you can paint the promise with your words, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says that we don't look at what we see. Because what we see is temporal, and what we see is what shakes us up, and what we see is what gives us anxiety attacks. But the promise is eternal, never changing. That promise is never going to change. I prayed the scriptures over my kids since they were, since they were born. That my children are disciples, taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace and industry of imposure. I mean, I have so many scriptures that I pray over them that I still pray to this very day. And they're 32 and 33. But it changes over the seasons, right? So when they were little and not in school yet, there was a different, there was a different seeing it for them than there is now. They're grown adults with their own babies. But when I pray for them, I see it. When I pray for them, I see it in a different way because they're adults now. And I declare that no weapon that's formed against them will prosper, and every tongue that rises against them in judgment will be brought down because that is the promise for my children. I mean, those are the, every scripture, and you don't have to have, you don't have to have the whole thing in your arsenal. You just have to have the ones that are real for you. When you read them, they paint the picture. You can see it, you can feel it, and you can trust it because it's God's promise. Does that make sense? When you close your eyes and you're praying for a situation, instead of seeing the situation, because what we do is we create all the worst-case scenarios, don't we? Do y'all do that? Worst-case scenarios go running through. So that same thing, the same thing, creating the scenario what is the end result that you desire? That is my point. What is the end result that you desire? You see it, you feel it, you trust it. All of his promises are yes and amen. Right? Let's sing it again. Our confidence, like the song says, I couldn't believe when I saw it. I'm like, oh my Lord. Our confidence is in him and in his promises. We're created in his image. He said, I'm speaking it out and it's happening. It all came to pass by his words. We get to do the same thing. We're created in his image, in his likeness. And if you can get an agreement with somebody about his promises, it's even more powerful. Because if any two agree is touching anything, it will be done for them. His promises are yes and amen. Amen. Let's sing the song again and let it bring joy. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.